and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our campaigns. This is a special two-parter, which I'm actually quite excited for. It'll be interesting to see how well it goes when we're both <laughs> a little bit sleep deprived and we've both had our own incidents with coffee and tea. But as ever, my name is Fiona and I'm joined with me by the excellent and wonderful Ryan. Hello, Ryan. How are you? I'm very good, tired, sleep deprived, but otherwise very happy to be here. How are you? I, I am also very happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, doing, doing well, doing well, thank you. You'd think we'd master our own lives a little bit, knowing that we've got this session every two weeks, but I, d- I was just telling Fiona I managed to make myself a cup of tea and um, sever a tea bag almost entirely, thus just spewing the tea all over my kitchen, and that was fun. Yeah. Sounds very British as well, it's a British it problem. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> So Ryan, what have you got us today? You sort of messaged me saying, I've got a two-parter, don't worry, you don't have to do anything. And that, as someone who always plans ahead, gets me very anxious. <laughs> but I'm it's intrigued. resting control. No, so we've spoken multiple times about world building and throwing different ideas into D&D and the idea that as a DM, sometimes you just need to go for it. People need to volunteer and have a go. And one of the biggest obstacles I find people have is creating that first session, the the first dip your toe in the water moment where you think, oh, that was really good fun. Actually, I can do this. This is this is good. And for some people, that involves picking up a pre-bought campaign or a pre-bought module of some kind. We've spoken about loads of kind of interesting ones involving everything from turtles to looking into the guides. I think we, we've spoken about Asmodeus and you've got things like mm-hmm. Descent into Avernus now, which is just mm-hmm. prepaid modules that you can do. Strahd is, I think, a fantastic one if you want to play vampires. But we're going to be talking about building your own first session and as a concept and topic it's such a huge scary one that if you read the dungeon master's guide and just sit there with a piece of paper in front of you with nothing on it or a word document or one note or whatever organization you use to try and create something it can quickly become just so daunting that you never start it yes um so what we're going to do is over two sessions we're going to have two different goes at doing it from the totally different ends of the spectrum. So this session, what we're going to do is we're going to go from small upwards. We're going to start a level one first session from a very small settlement, and we're going to build it and create the first session together. Mm -hmm. And next episode, we're going to do totally the opposite. We're going to go from big down. We're going to create an entire world, Mm -hmm. literally in the space of about 20 minutes, and then we're going to funnel in enough until we can do a first session on it. Which way do you normally do it then when you're creating for your campaigns? I kind of do a combination of both. I think I I build the world down Mm. normally because I I tend to get very carried away with... You know, I, I read lots of, of sort of fantasy books and different worlds, and mm-hmm. you can look at something like like Tolkien, for instance, and Lord of the Rings, and you look mm-hmm. at the wider map. And I love having a look at it. Um, I'm thinking of sort of computer games. I'm literally in front of my desk. I've got a huge poster of Tamriel, which is the Skyrim oh, yes. Elder Scrolls world, and I just love huge maps and kingdoms. So that's what I did with my campaign. I kind of went big, but then I switched over and then started in a very small place in order to get the first session. So we're kind of kind of a mix of the two, and I'm interested to see which one you prefer. Me too, because I'll say this for the record, I haven't done nothing like this, and instantly, as you said, yeah, yeah you could find it a bit overwhelming. I instantly would go, oh, no, no, this is way too much. It's like, <laughs> again, I just, I've seen that as a writer sort of thing, you see the blank Word document, and you go, oh, no, I've got to sit down and write. No. I know, I know. <laughs> 
as, as some just quick caveats before we get started and mm -hmm. things that you may want to consider having in front of you if you ever want to give this a try. And I'd really recommend you you try this alongside us because you'll be amazed at what random rubbish your brain can come up with. And anything that sounds rubbish to you, I can guarantee will be really cool to somebody else because they don't think like you think and they will see things in what you've done that seem much better than, than how you, I mean, if, if anybody's like myself, I tend to be very judgmental of the things that my brain comes up with until I spew it at other people and they go, oh, that was really interesting. And I think, really? Was it? I, I don't know about that, but, but that sure. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So there's lots of different ways you can build this. And we've spoken about using a pre-built module like the Curse of Strahd. If you buy the book, you can just run the module and it's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. Another way of doing it is to take a module and basically reskin it. We've spoken about reskinning monsters before where you take the stat blocks of something and you change the names and description because after all, D&D is a descriptive game. It doesn't matter what is written down, the way you describe it is different. So there's nothing to stop you mm. if you were really ambitious taking the curse of strad and changing the names of everything and creating it into a campaign which is identical fundamentally but sounds totally different mm. and one of the ways i actually created a city in my campaign was i took the city of salt marsh which was way back i think they did a, a salt marsh campaign book in in fifth edition but i took one from 3.5 and reskinned the city into a, a city called Yibrit, which is fundamentally exactly the same, but nobody would ever know. This is the third alternative. This is what we're going to create from scratch. We're going to have a look at the Dungeon Master's Guide, which is really, really handy. Mm -hmm. We've got Xanathar's Guide as well, because mm -hmm. it's got some really good naming tables, but you don't need any of that. The third and most important tool is Google or any other search <laughs> um, site you want, because I can guarantee if you're stuck for names or ideas, Google will have something for you. So here we are. We've got pen, pencil, books, if we need them. We've got internet up. Where do you start when you're trying to create your own sort of small, small to out, essentially? Well, what we need to do is set some ground rules for the world. Right. So we're going to start with a couple of very big concepts. We're not going to go into them in any detail. Anything that is bigger than the walls of our little town, we're not going to worry too much about. But there are some core assumptions that we're going to just very quickly talk about that are essential to any D&D campaign. Mm -hmm. And these are as follows. We're not going to change any of them. We're just for now going to assume that we're using the core D&D rules. So number one, gods oversee the world. The idea to this is that in D&D, all the gods are real. Nobody can refute their presence, but maybe only the people connected with the divine can channel their power. So you've got different gods of evil and good and nature and storms and fire and undead and all kinds of different gods and clerics, paladins, those sort of things can channel their power. Maybe druids can as well, but not everybody follows a god but nobody can refute the fact that they exist. That's kind of one of the D&D core policies. Second of all, much of the world is untamed. So the idea is that most of the known world is totally uninhabited, wild, and riddled with monsters and dangers. And our settlements that we're going to make are sort of little bastions of safety in that otherwise untamed and crazy world. Mm -hmm. Number three, the world is ancient. 
So the idea being that this world has existed for way beyond our tiny imaginative brains can come up with. So there have been kingdoms beyond the kingdoms that we had forgotten about. Mm. So all the way through the world, there are sort of remnants of old civilizations that have been lost. And essentially, this is what gives us the idea that dungeons exist. That's It's kind of one of the main things there. Mm-hmm. Number four. Conflict shapes the world. So at some point, you've got different factions or kingdoms or organizations, and they fight each other. It may not be open war. It may be competitive war. It may be the remnants of the war that happened before. But the idea is that everything is not at peace. Mm -hmm. And fifth, the world is magical. So again, one of those fundamental issues or or sort of assumptions with D&D is that basically magic exists mm-hmm. and that classes of certain you know things like clerics and, and bards and wizards and sorcerers can all cast magic and magical items exist but magic practitioners are very few and far between they're definitely not the the major sort of default mm-hmm. to the world and magic has a value to it so those are the sort of uh, we're not changing any of those rules every single dnd campaign unless they specify to you will run with those identical rules and we're going to keep them effectively. Okay. The other thing we're going to keep is that the Dungeon Master's Guide gives a good list of what they call the Dawn War deities. And we, in our campaign, we're not going to try and make our own gods. We're just going to use the default Dawn War deities. So everyone from Asmodeus, who rules the Hells, mm. all the way through to Lolf, who is the evil spider, Drow, Lady, person, Vecna, you will have heard of, some mm. sort of evil undead lich, Cord. Pelor, the goddess of the, the sun, effectively. So mm. all the, the standard ones you've heard of, we're just going to copy those. Okay. So those are the ground rules we're using. Okay. So we are going to build a little settlement. So what I want you to think of okay. is what is the purpose of this settlement in your game? Why are we building the settlement? We're going to run a game of Dungeons and Dragons. We've got the assumption that we're going to have four level one characters in our campaign, let's say maybe two of them have played D&D before, but the other two are totally new to it. it. So they don't have any idea about anything that's happened in D&D before or D&D lore or the monsters are all new and scary. Maybe they've watched Stranger Things and and Lord of the Rings. And so they have an idea about things like orcs and undead and zombies and stuff, but they've never played D&D before. Maybe the other two have got there's always one player who's got a little bit of background. So you're always a little bit scared of DMing for them because they think, you know, you think they've done it before. <laughs> and then the fourth is sort of somewhere in between. So mm-hmm. what's the purpose of this settlement in your game? What, what are you trying to do? And I think for us, mm. it's going to be because we want a first session. So that's going to keep in mind. We need somewhere to set session one. Mm-hmm. because that's the scariest thing is trying to build the first session where you go, right, this is my world. Right. So... What do you think is the most overused, stereotypical start to any campaign in D&D? Oh, God. Uh, overused, typical start? To, oh, man. I think literally the only thing that's just come to mind is the, you know, when you play Pokemon, it's literally that starting town which is a four houses and you get your Pokemon. <laughs> I feel like that anything which is like a new beginning, that's it's something like that, essentially. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that sort of thing, exactly. But for me, it's always been that everybody meets in a tavern. Everyone starts in a tavern, the tavern starts. That so, makes more so sense. That's, exactly, so that's what we're going to do. So we've got a settlement and the whole purpose we're creating it is to have a tavern in it mm-hmm. and that's going to be the starting session place that all the characters will will combine and 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 all of this a hundred session adventure that we made from this point is all going to start from this one 
little place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the first decision we've got to make is how big do we want this settlement to be? Do you want it to be a village? So a village is somewhere up to about a thousand people. It's very small. It may be presided over by a lord or a noble of some kind or some sort of clerk who may not even live in the place. It's not quite backwater. It's civilized, but there's not much going on Mm -hmm. advantages for us is that there's not much to flesh out but then the disadvantage is that the characters may not want to stay here for very long right or we can have a town a town being a little bit bigger it's a little bit more for us to think about in terms of filling in the blanks because there's up to about six thousand people here Mm -hmm. and there may be more commerce there may be more of a purpose for this town but the disadvantage is it gives us a bit more flexibility. So mm. we can do either. Would you like to make a village or a town? Let's make a town. Let's make it a little bit bigger. A, ch- a okay. challenge. Yeah. Wonderful. So we've got a town. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to say that about 5,000 people live in this town, which is a pretty decent sized town, but yeah. we're not talking about a city. The next thing you've got to think about is what sort of race do you want to be the predominant faction or the sort of the, the ownership mm. of this town? Would you like it to be a town full of dwarves, elves, halflings, anything that tickles your fancy? I mean, what I would normally say to people is if you're unsure or you don't know, humans are a good way to, mm. to start in the middle because it's quite easy to go for, but we can do anything you want. Oh, okay. Uh, let's go for dwarves. Dwarves don't get enough... They don't get enough spotlight, I think. So Perfect. Dwarves. Okay, so we've got a dwarven town. It's going to be the, the starting settlement, and we know that it's got at least one tavern in it, okay? Those are the, the things that we've settled in so far. We now need to give it a name, a name for the place. Now, we don't have to do that now. If you've got a good idea for a name, then you can throw one down. The name can change as well. You don't need to necessarily keep the name. Mm -hmm. You don't also need to come up with something that sounds dwarven. This is a big trope of people sort of getting a bit worked up by the idea that this place has got to be dwarven sounding. It can have a perfectly common human name. If, If you've got any good names, we can go for one now, or we can put this to the side for now and come back to it once we've fleshed it out a little bit. Let's flesh it out a little bit. I, I'm always bad at coming up with good names on the spot, so yeah. No, no, that's that's absolutely fine. <laughs> so let's have a think about the first impressions. What if you were walking into this settlement? What would be the first thing you notice about it? Because this is a really good way to get in the minds of the players a whole host of details that you haven't even got to bother making. This is what we call sort of flavor sensory overload, where you basically can just put one or two first impressions down and people make it up. So if you think about the towns that we've encountered in in campaigns like Ybrit, for instance, the way I described it to start with was that it was a very small rock with a huge amount of people on it. Mm. And everywhere you looked, it looked like people were about to fall off it. It was heaving, it was overcrowded and sort of pushed in. And everything we did from that point sort of gave that image of Ybrit being totally packed in. Mm. So have a think about that first impression. Is it a smell? Is it a sight? Is it a sound? Is it a the fact that the place is falling down or it's totally new or there's a weird colour to it? Then give me something random that you like about this town. Mm, okay. Uh, and don't forget that the big caveat with all of this mm. is that it doesn't need to stay the same and you can change your mind later. This is throwing things onto a piece of paper so that you can work with it later. Again, the only thing that sort of comes to my mind that sort of when you go into a town, that sort of opening scene is like that bit from Beauty and the Beast where they're all sort of opening up like, bonjour. So I, I like the idea that it's a, maybe a market town or a trading town, yeah. sort of, but it is from sort of early morning to 
not even late either, but there was just noise of people talking and bartering and stuff like that and saying Perfect. hello to each other. Yeah. So it's it's quite an outdoorsy town. Yeah. Lots of people throwing doors open, the sound of markets, the sound of people bustling. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it's that sort of bustle that comes from people being way too busy or are people genuinely like small town talking to each other? Everybody says hello. I'm thinking in, in the UK, there's this sort of stereotypical difference between people who exist in London where people don't talk to each other and push past each other all the time sort of bustle or up in the north where people say hello to each other rather than than sort of ignoring each other what sort of bustle do you think yeah I think I think the ideal version of the north where everyone says hello to each other for sure perfect so there we go we've got an immediate flavor you can describe to people so in this town everybody says hello to each other it's a constant bustle it's a market town and with that sort of generic throwing the doors open, everything here is designed for the doors to be open, the windows to be open. It's inviting. That's the atmosphere you've created. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's have a think about the weather and the geography of the place. What sort Ooh. of weather does this place have? Is it a tundra cold city where people are wrapped up in furs all the time? Is it a really warm desert city? Tropical storms hit the area a lot. So there's lots of rain. Is it totally parched or is it very European in style? So nice warm summers very cold winters quite temperate what sort of weather do you want now that you mention it I, I love the idea of like a, a like an icy sort of like like almost like a christmas card that's sort of like the, the view yeah. of it yeah oh yeah like, like a sort of santa's village sort of thing yeah exactly yeah brilliant okay great so we, we've got we're going to go for the sort of stereotypical do you want it to be um flat cold so we're thinking lots of huge open forests and and fields covered in packed snow or do you want it to be hilly or mountainous so thinking more scandinavian or lots of forest in the way that sort of like the bavarian sort of german Ooh. christmas town what sort of thing do you want hell yeah i want bavarian yeah (laughs) okay so we've got maybe some rivers and we've got some hills but nothing too extreme Mm -hmm. um do you want mountains in the local area maybe on the horizon or no mountains at all nice and flat for people to be able to travel around what sort of thing do you want oh yeah i I, I, to be honest i just realized it's kind of it does feel a bit like frozen and arendelle a little bit but yeah i I like the idea of having having like a a mountain or two yeah for sure chris did you put out a module about arendelle and being able to go around there would play it absolutely yeah Yeah, hell yeah (laughs) absolutely right as i say there's no harm in taking a little bit of inspiration from anything you want but okay so we're going for sort of like a german bavarian themed Mm. uh christmas card town okay yeah wonderful let's have a think about the style of settlements so if you think about the houses um is this a very new place a very old place or a bit of a mix would you say that it's very wealthy or a bit um, hand-to-mouth functional? Or do you think there's a bit of everything here? Ooh, um, I would say that the buildings are old, for sure. Like that yep. sort of, again, from the Christmas card, you, it's very sort of, from what I remember, sort of, I'm thinking like Nutcracker-esque. So it's all very sort of prim and proper, I guess. Okay, um, yeah. I, th- I think there would be a little bit of wealth in there, to be honest with you. Um, Perfect. Yeah, okay, a bit of wealth. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a maybe a prosperous town, or do you mm. think that maybe some people do really well and some people don't do as well? Let's go for prosperous. I think prosperous. Yeah, okay, we've got a nice prosperous town. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. We've got lots of old buildings. Now, what sort of style of building do you want? Do you want? Um, I'm thinking with the Bavarian idea, lots of sort of log cabin wooden constructions, or would you prefer there to be a bit of stone so everything's like sort of old? fashioned castles and bricks and mortar maybe like a like a northern kingdom uh, england sort of flint and dry stone wall sort of effect to it what sort of feeling do you want 
Yeah, I think it's stone over log cabin. It'll probably be like some log cabins further out, perhaps, but I think this, this is a, the main town area, all of it is stone, and it looks very, yeah, like that sort of Bavarian castle style. Okay, right, write it all down. So you've got stone in the centre, and as it gets further out, they become more Bavarian wood. That, again, that, that's something you can describe on the way in. As the characters come into mm. the town, you've got a thing where there's some beautiful wooden, snowy, like log cabins on the edges. And as they come into the town, the buildings become much more, you know, stone and, and old. And yeah, you've, that, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Finally, what sort of government style have we got here? Um, we can Ooh. think of, is this place governed by the locals or by an outside influence? So maybe there is a mayor here that lives in the town, mm-hmm. or maybe they're in a city further away and, and there's no direct governance in this town um do you think one person has got the keys to it or do you think there's a council or maybe some mages rule over it or merchants rule over it or mm. there's a system where literally the strongest are the ones that take charge what sort of <laughs> politics do you think i mean i'm thinking of, of stereotypical things you could go from everywhere has and like an outlaw cowboy style town to a very well regulated frontier kingdom roman empire sort of town mm. what, what sort of what sort of government style do you think might work here uh, maybe for more of the sort of role players, but there would be like a council of dwarves, but it wouldn't be that many. <laughs> like it would be like, yeah. I don't know, three. <laughs> a small council. Yes, no, exactly. So that it's it's like um, they, there is a vote, but very few people get to vote. Mm-hmm. So it's very incestuous. And in, in that yeah, scenario. and there's always, there's always going to, if there's a tie, then there's always going to be a deciding vote because there's only an odd number of them, I guess. So. Perfect. Now that's really important. There you go, write it down. There's always an odd number. So there's always a deciding vote mm-hmm. and there's three of them. Mm-hmm. so we've already started to really flesh this town out we've got like i mean I, I don't know about you but i can kind of see roughly what this sort of place looks and feels like and mm. you know you can see the snow you can see the wood and the stone um do you want there to be a river flowing through it or maybe there's a river a little walk away yeah you... yeah i think i think yeah a little walk away maybe there's like a bridge over into the town itself and that's maybe not necessarily the main way in but like it's very picturesque i'm guessing like because it might phrase over and they can go ice skating again thinking of that okay. card, card christmas card well there you go so normally a town would be on a river in order for boats to come up and down but in this case mm. there's no need to be on the river because the river phrases over so there's maybe a track down to the river that they can use in the warmer months mm-hmm. but otherwise all traffic to this town comes in via cart and mm-hmm. horses and, and that sort of thing. So I imagine it probably has to have a stable yep. of some kind. Mm-hmm. So we can write down that there's at least one sort of stables in this town. And you could argue as well that there's got to be some sort of government building. Mm-hmm. Um, some sort of, do you want there to be a town hall or maybe a castle or a keep or maybe an old fashioned manor house that's been repurposed? What sort of yeah the center thing yeah i think a manor house of some sort i don't i, I, I there's no point in going for a mini castle with turrets because i think that's way that's gonna be way too thing but i think a manor house would be quite nice for sure exactly never worry about making things make sense because okay. this is the thing like if it did have a huge castle but it was only a small town you'd have to think well why and mm-hmm. you put a big question mark by it and you, you you don't think about it for a while and then maybe five sessions in you realize oh well maybe something happened it was a much bigger place mm. um there was a need for a castle maybe there's some sort of war here previously and mm. there's now no need for it so the castle's a bit run down or maybe it's some rich person's folly mm. um but okay, okay so we've got a nice manor house yeah. it's going to be the, the center point of the, of the town so what sort of commerce 
is the main thing in this town. So we've we described it as a market town. Are we thinking that you've got sort of big open air food markets, like a sort of farmer's market style feel with mm. people with food and vegetables and trade goods that they display openly? Mm. Or can you see there being a main high street, like a proper old fashioned shopping street that established merchants have set up shop on? Mm. Do you think that there is a reason for this town being here. Like maybe there's a big local mine and lots of the stuff that comes through here is metal based mm. or maybe some logging. Or do you think that maybe it's just on a crossroads and there's no real industry in this town, but they just trade whatever comes through. So like a sort of like a, like a through their town. Hmm. Okay. Uh, again, just going back to Christmas card stuff is, is so stupid, but like, um, like a German market essentially. So it's yeah. mostly food based. So you got your beer, you got your, your sausages, and then maybe some random crafts that sort of puts it at the end. To fill it Perfect. Up. There you, okay, great. So we've got the two things here. So we've got a town that trades mostly in farmer's market goods. So mm-hmm. food and um, sort of animal-based products, I would guess. So maybe mm-hmm. there's yep. lots of arable land around here, or maybe people keep a lot of animals. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a primary thing. But also Christmas knickknacks. So yes. maybe <laughs> we think, I mean, honestly, that's not a bad idea. So do you think maybe there's a, as much as uh, toys and pointless stuff? So lots of Ooh. like artifact sort of stuff. I'm thinking artificer sort of toy maker style stuff. Oh my God, yes, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wonderful. There we go. We were we're building a building a sense of it now. <laughs> and do you think people come to this town because the town has got something that people travel to it? Or do you think it's more of a through fair town that's picked up a little bit of a name for itself, but is kind of on the way to somewhere else? How much importance do you want to get this town? I think it's going to be one of those ones where it's, I think it's on the way to other places. Like it's on the way, but it's, I literally, I kind of realized it's just going to be the Christmas shop version of a town. So, you know, where there's always that one shop that has all the Christmas stuff all year round. It's that essentially. So people come to this town because it's a bit eccentric and it's got all of the festive stuff in it all the time. Yeah. Okay. That is really, really cool. (laughs) So what we're going to do now is we're going to help ourselves by making some little random lists that we can use to help flesh the town out if the characters do what I call going off on a tangent. And it doesn't matter how much we plan this town, Mm -hmm. people will always do stuff Mm. that will mean that we will just... We'll look at it and go, hang on, I haven't prepared this. Ah, what do I do? Um... And so we're going to make ourselves some lists to to sort of help get through that, right? So Mm -hmm. first thing we're going to do is we're going to have some names. And this is where books like Xanathar's Guide come in really handy because there's an Appendix B at the back of it, I think from page 175 onwards. It's just got a huge list of names, which is really useful. But this is also where Google or, or another search site would work really well because if you just type in random names or name generator, there's hundreds of websites that can do exactly the same thing for you. But what we're going to do is we are going to have a look through and we're going to make a little list of some names here um, mm-hmm. that we can rely on if people throw things at us and we need to flesh things out at a pace okay? okay all right so okay. we decided that dwarves are are pretty much the, the the main sort of race here are we going to say that it is only dwarves that live here or mostly dwarves or maybe about half dwarves what, what do you fancy i think definitely mostly dwarves i feel like with the artificers sort of stuff, there'll be maybe a couple of gnomes as well but i think mostly dwarves okay. would be so so they stand out 
pretty much. Okay. Mm -hmm. So best thing to go for is we're going to have a look at the clan list. So there's a dwarf yes. clan list, which is sort of a, a surname list that we can use. And we can have a look down here and, and basically steal five of these that we're going to make a little list for. So either you can have a look down and have a look at some of the ones you like the sound of, or we can roll for them randomly. Is there any preference here as to what you want to do or... Let's roll for them ram randomly. Okay. Go on, let's make it all Perfect. random. So if you need a D100 for these ones, you yeah. have to pick which, oh, which special dice. Maybe you've got... So if, if you're sad like me, you've got D&D, &D, I play the game dice, but I actually have special world-building dice that I only ever use for, like, DM oh, stuff. That's super I'm cute. metal, and I need to be careful where I roll them. But So we'll get a D100 out, and let's roll mm -hmm. it five times on this list, and we can come up with some names. Okay. All right. Uh, 18. Is the 18. One. So that's Broodfest. Broodfest. Oh, that's a good sounding one, isn't it? That is a good sounding one. <laughs> I love it. Already in the All right. Okay. And what's up next? Uh, 79. 79 is Steelfest. There we go. Oh. <laughs> so the second fist. But that's okay. Even if things you, you're looking at it thinking, oh, I wish I had something a bit different, keep on it. Just just roll mm. with it because you may be able to do something with that later. So let's have a look at the third one. Uh, oh, that is that's a seven. A yes, seven. seven. Big toe. Yes, I saw that and I was like, that would be awesome to have. Big toe. That's pretty good. That's, that doesn't like sound that. very dwarven, actually. You, you, no. oh, that's brilliant. Okay, let's go for number four. Number four. Okay. That is a 68. 68. So 68 is orc foe. Orc foe. Oh. Again, some ideas so. here. This is this is this could throw things into the sort of local area. Why are they called orc foe? Maybe there are mm. orcs in the in the surrounding area. Who knows? And to go for the fifth one. Okay, final one. That is a 52. A 52. That is going to be Greybeard. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Greybeard. Okay, wonderful. And you've also conceived on that list, there are some male names and some female names that you can throw. Mm -hmm. um, it's up to you whether people you randomly meet are male or female. There really doesn't matter. You can build the world as you want. And we won't bother rolling for those names no. at the moment, but you can use those as you as you get up. Remember that if people meet people and they're part of the same shop or part of the same family, you can use the same clan name mm. over and over. Mm -hmm. Don't forget when you're making these things up randomly, you don't need to think about the family tree for each family as it's, as it's happening effectively. You can always make things up on the spot as you go along. If, if a player comes along and meets Big Toe and you've already decided that actually Adric is the name of this mm. dwarf, and the players go, oh, have you got any siblings? And you go, uh, you can just say, yes, two, and then roll on the thing and, and come up with some more names. So you can mm. flesh that out as you as you get on. Nice. Okay. Okay. So now what we need is we need to think of some generic building names, because this is a really good way of getting us out of a spot of bother if people start asking us things about the town and we haven't necessarily prepared them. So again, there are some fantastic lists online here for random, the ones I'd have a look at is pub names, random pub names, but also random ship names can also come up with some really good stuff. Mm -hmm. But you could also, not everything has to be named. There's nothing wrong with saying, if someone says, is there a forge? And you go, yes, there is the forge and just call it the forge. You know, mm -hmm. not everything needs a name, but we're going to come up with a few pub names at the moment, three of them. 
Okay. Because these things are quite handy to have. Mm-hmm. So if you think of pubs that you know of and in, in real life, they're all about kings and queens and animals yeah. and yeah. sometimes little jokes. Anything that you want to throw in as a pub name or do you want to do this a bit randomly? Oh, let's do it random. Let's do it all random. Okay, wonderful. So I've got a list here that's okay. got... 118 pub names on it and i took this from a random website called dungeonmaster.com 118 tavern names pretty good one give me a number between 1 and 118 uh 89 89 okay that's going to be the angelic imp (laughs) so there we go that is a name for one tavern the angelic imp nice um Let's go for uh, 42. Might as well. 42. The Fountain. Yeah, that sounds quite, it's, it's very generic. Again, maybe we can throw this into building the town. Maybe there is a fountain in the middle and the mm-hmm. fountain is by it. Yeah. Who knows? And one more. Uh, numbers, numbers, numbers. Uh, let's go for 31. 31. Mm. That is going to be the Drovers. Ooh. Is that another name? of a family or a clan and that's sort of adopted are they people that that once left is drove as a profession mm. who knows okay. you know we've got we've got options here we can yeah. do whatever we want mm. so okay we're starting to flesh out the place a little bit now so we we know that there's at least one tavern because that's where the players are going to meet do you want that to happen to be any of the taverns we've made or do you want to make a fourth one let's make a fourth one why not a fourth one. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you want to name it yourself or do you want to do it randomly? Oh, we'll do it randomly. Yeah, I've not thought that far ahead. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Again, uh, give me a number then. Let's go for uh, lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. The three cups. Oh, nice. I like the that. The three cups. There we go. So our adventure is going to start in the three cups in this dwarven town that's snow-filled, that there's lots of food, there's lots of Christmas knickknacks. Yeah. You've got that sense of sort of a very sort of cold atmosphere. Is it pretty cold when the campaign starts, middle of winter, or is it quite temperate at the moment? Uh, temperate at the moment, I think. Okay. Summer, yeah. spring, autumn? Autumn autumn okay so it's going to get cold at some point mm-hmm. but at the moment the players have got a little bit of time okay. okay okay that's good right so let's have a think about just fleshing it out a little bit more so what i want you to do is come up with one organization Ooh. in this settlement okay and some sort of purpose that they've got now this organization could be anything from an adventuring guild to uh, a religious order or maybe a company that has a lot of prevalence in the area mm-hmm. or maybe it's just got for the, something to do with the local militia yeah have you got any ideas about some sort of organization i mean if, if you think about ideas mm. this could be something that's only in this local area or maybe they are threaded throughout the world and we can flesh that out at some later mm. session point but maybe it's some sort of guild maybe it's some sort of company yeah uh let's go for I guess the easiest option, just trying to think of something like that. I think just like an adventurer's guild of some sort. An adventurer's guild. Mm. Okay, so these guys are uh, famous for exploring and uncovering things that have been lost, maybe? Yeah. Uh, Shall we say that this is a friendly order to fit into the town, or maybe it's quite a corporate 
cold affair or maybe it's quite aggressive and cutthroat what sort of theme do you want i'd love the idea that it's corporate everything else is really nice with the market and stuff and then you have them as like business 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 perfect a really corporate adventurous guild okay great wonderful and should we say that this is the headquarters of it or maybe just a branch of it and it yeah somewhere I, think, else? I think like an outpost or something like that because it makes why would they have be on the town on the way there they probably have some an, another town that has it in there so i think like an outpost or a branch of it for sure okay so there's an outpost for an adventurer's guild now do we want the adventurer's guild for now to be called the adventurer's guild or do you want to have a go at naming something uh let's have a go at naming it but okay yeah so if this is an adventurer's guild it's all got to be about exploring and or being brave so we think about random sort of names a good way that you can always think about it is to get an element type so like a sort of lightning or fire or cold Mm -hmm. so what's your favorite sort of like magical element Oh, uh, um, let's go. Let's go for uh, lightning. <laughs> lightning, okay. And what's your favorite weapon in D anD D? It's uh, a great axe. Yeah, the great axe. Okay, so we've got lightning and we've got a great axe. So maybe it's like the thunder axes or oh. axe of the storm. Can you think of something that sort of throws those two together? Don't, don't forget, you can always change this later. Change, yeah. It doesn't need to be fixed for now. Uh, let's go for, uh, yeah, Axes of the Storm. I think that was quite a good one. Yeah. Axes of the Storm. Brilliant. Okay. So there we go. We have our first organization. There's a branch of the Axes of the Storm in this town. Mm -hmm. So... If we think about the town itself, should we should we have a go at the name now? Because we've we really yeah. fleshed out the the sort of style of that. So, yeah. what's this this town most famous for? I think there, yes, there's trades, but there's always markets and places. So it could have market in the name. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be cold market. It could be snow market. Maybe the knickknackery, the the Christmassy mm. knickknacks, are what give it its flavour. Mm. I mean, do you want it to be named for what it does, or do you want it to be named totally randomly? Uh... Let's try randomly again. Let's try mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So, I mean, one of the ways you could do this mm-hmm. is to pick a dwarven clan name mm-hmm. and sort of try and, and sort of bounce off that. That's always a good one if you want to sort of do that. Yeah. Um, you could do it based on the environment and the area. So if you want to rough off the, the sort of the, the snow or the cold or the or the sort of forested areas, mm-hmm. then you can do that as well. But if you roll a D100 for us, let's see if we can come up with something based on a, on a dwarven clan name. Okay. Uh, that's 57. 57 is Holderheck. Oh, nice. Holderheck. So Holderheck is a brilliant name for a yeah. town anyway. But if you, I mean, what part of that do you prefer? Holder or Heck or both of that? Uh, mm, Holderheck. The, the first part, Holder, I think that'd be Holder. quite good. Holder, yeah. So you could say Holder Town, Holderville, mm. Holder, Holderton, Holder Market, or, or, or the sort of um, Holder on Hill. It could be anything you mm. want. Yeah, Holder on Hill. That's, that's yeah, because that, it's quite hilly and it's quite... Yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Okay, we've got quite a nice hilly forest. Okay, wonderful. So Holder on Hill, yeah. you've named your town. Whoa. So already we've got a nice sort of first session. We've only been at this for sort of like half an hour. So yeah. let's start to think about what the characters are going to do. So we need a local area mm-hmm. of which we, we can sort of have them throwing themselves around in. So what I want to do yeah. is to make three other towns Okay. That are in the perimeter or some sort of easy travel from this mm. place. Okay. So we're going to have one big and we're going to have two small. 
Okay. So the other two small towns, again, we don't need to do much. We're going to basically make a town and we're going to put a sentence on each one that you can use to describe that helps us to, to sort of randomly describe it if people ask us about it and we can flesh it out at a later point. So the yeah. two small towns, if we have a think about the names again, mm -hmm. um, should we use some random dwarven names or do you want them to be not dwarven places or human uh, places? Or Let's do more dwarven places, I think. I think. Dwarven places. Yeah. Okay, roll a d100 for me. Let's see what we can do. Uh, that's 82. 82. That is stout ale. Oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> Stout Ale. So what sort of place do you think Stout Ale would be? If, if we have a think, when we when we started on our town, we did first impressions. We had a, yeah. uh, basically, we, we decided what's the first thing people would notice about going into this place. Mm. I think for this, again, instantly I get the sort of visions of like Oktoberfest. So I think it's it's a pure brewery town. Like it does the alcohol and um, yeah, Trappist beer. Perfect. Okay. So that we've got a town famous for its beer and breweries and maybe maybe it's taverns maybe there's loads and loads mm. of pubs but all you can say is that that is the general theme of it we don't need to do anything more okay for that okay the second small town you're gonna have a go at making the name yourself because it's you just jump into <laughs> these things yeah and it's amazing what you can do so if you think of a feature maybe something some piece of terrain you really like if you were going to go on holiday what sort of environment would you want to go to Oh whew, God! Uh, it's been so long since I've actually been on holiday, Ryan. So. I know. <laughs> Use your imagination. <laughs> what do I really like? Um, I really like um, actually one of the pictures on my background just now is like the fall, like a forest full of like autumn leaves and stuff like that. So something oh. like a like like the color of orange, you know, that sort of brownie orange as the leaves start to fall down and cover sort of the the forest floor. So something like that, I think, would be the future. Okay. Like it's, so, it's known for its like trees, like the the fall trees, I guess. Yeah. So autumn orange forest. Okay. Mm. So do you want to call it autumn forest, orange forest, as a, as a base, and maybe play off that? Uh, autumn forest, I think, or autumn's forest, perhaps. Autumn's forest. There you go. That's the second place. And what do people notice when they go to autumn's forest? Is it is it the local terrain? Is the is the major part of this town? I, I guess compared to uh, these other two places, it is definitely more wood uh, cabins. It's probably it would probably be their Airbnb. You know, people go and, and okay. stay there. Yeah, it's like a very picturesque place. Oh, so this is a holiday town. Yeah, where the town is within the trees. Yeah, it's wooden and it's stunning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. There you go. Okay, so already we've got we're building a little world. We've got the Christmas town, mm -hmm. we've got the brewery town, yeah. and we've got the holiday beautiful <laughs> town. Okay, this is good. This is this is all this is how you build a world. Yeah, and, yeah. And literally, you've got like ten sessions worth of places you could go to already. There's, I mean, people get stuck on on not wanting to flesh stuff out, but sometimes if you just throw things onto a piece of paper, you don't need to use everything. Some bits mm. you'll like, and some bits you won't. But mm -hmm. until you just have a go, yeah, you just don't know what what will appear. Okay, so now we need a city so okay. this city is going to be in every sort of starting campaign the the town will always say oh no we don't have that here if it's not here it will probably be in the bigger city mm -hmm. so i mean a lot of the problems we're going to have is like maybe people are after a magic item or a potion that doesn't exist it's going right. to be in the city okay so what is the city going to be called well to start with is it going to be a capital city or is it just going to be a city of the local region so just a, it's a big city but not the biggest city uh yeah like a hub essentially yeah like a this is the the latter so not not the capital but i i sort of the biggest place around in this region for sure 
Okay, the regional capital. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. It's going to be big. What is the first thing that people notice about this city as they're coming in? Maybe is it is it the wealth of it? Is it much more poor or rich? Does it smell? Is it built up? Is it really visible on the horizon, distinctive looking? Is it really innocuous and boring looking? What sort of place? Oh, God, yeah, it's definitely boring. Definitely boring. sort of, yeah, boring, grey, monotone. Okay, so unlike all of these other lovely little towns, yeah. this is not a nice place to be. Yeah, definitely. Okay, this is much more urban, much more grotty. So, okay, so we've got a general feel. That's good. It's for regional capital. It's much more dour and grey. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of names, so the other strategy you can use yeah. is we are going to be plagiaristic. Think of... Give me a movie, a book, or a D&D podcast you really, really like. Oh, God. Uh, uh, God, it's been so... <laughs> it's like, all these questions are like, I, I've got the answer to it. Um, okay, uh, a podcast that I really like... Go for high rollers. We'll go for high, high rollers. rollers. Yeah. All right, high rollers. So in high rollers, um, yeah. which is, oh, what is his name? Uh, Mark. Mark Kilns and his world. It's all about sky cities and floating islands and broken world. It's a really cool campaign setting. Okay. Yeah. Um, give me some of the cities in, in his like oh, empire. I think there's Gold Throne. There's some of the... Floating cities, aren't there? I'm just trying to think of. of God, yeah. Things. Now, now you push me because it's been a little while since I've listened to it. It is, yeah. Gold uh, Throne is, is, is one I can think of. So yeah, let's, we're gonna let's look at that one. We're gonna steal it. Yeah. We're just gonna say okay. Gold Throne is now in your campaign. Oh, you wow. could also do it with, say, um, Critical Role. The cities I can think of, like Rex and Trum or mm. Hopper Duke or mm. um, other places like uh, Taldore, I think, is the is the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's the again, world, yeah. There's nothing stopping you stealing the name. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go Lord of the Rings and say, oh, Rivendell is over there, Rivendell, or yeah. Helm's Keep, or, you know, just mm-hmm. use it. Just mm-hmm. riff off it. Okay, so, but we've we've now got Gold Throne. Okay. Which is the local regional capital, okay? Yeah. Wonderful. So on a map, you could, you could start drawing that. Um, and if you're unsure, if people ask you, oh, which direction are things in, mm-hmm. and you're not sure... Then take a D8. So if you take a D8 from your from your dice tray, which, which <sighs> I'm sure you'll have sort of near you. I had it to hand, but... <laughs> exactly. We're going to say one is north, okay. and then going round in a figure of eight, it goes oh, okay. north, northeast, east, southeast, south, oh. in that direction. So roll it. So we're going to say, I've, I'm a player one character, and I go, oh, well, I'm just going to ride to Gold Throne. Which direction is it? I ask the local towns guard, and they say, roll the D8. Uh, six. Six. It's west. West. Okay. Oh, okay. I like that. That's really Easy. cool. Yeah. Perfect. You don't need to know where on the map it is. Oh, actually, no, I'm being awkward as a player. I'm saying, um, actually, but how far is it? How long is it going to take me? Oh, God. <laughs> Roll a d10. Oh, man. I should have got all this dice out. Oh, God, I know. d10 there. Do a d8 or whatever you want. Uh, five. Five? Mm-hmm. It's 50 miles away. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I thought it would be more complicated like mathematics, but no, nope. 50 miles away. <laughs> nope. I mean, you can think about these things if you want, but, but we're just building a world off the cuff here. Okay, yeah. now we need three dungeons slash locations, points of interest on the local map near our town mm-hmm. um, that we that we can sort of flesh out and, and little points of interest, okay? Okay. So we're going to have three dungeons or locations. Think okay. about some, some really stereotypical D&D things. 
that you would want to set a campaign and if you think of a one-shot suite that you've run mm-hmm. what sort of places do people go where they go or where i'd force them to go <laughs> both okay um i always quite like setting things in like is it like another dimension but not so but it's like a house essentially you know like rooms yep. upon rooms that change like a, like a labyrinth of some sort oh some sort of labyrinth of some sort um i guess because when they're mountains something uh, something within the mountain itself oh okay yeah. so some sort of mountain dungeon some sort of labyrinth okay so write that down so, yeah. so one of the places is going to be some sort of mountain dungeon or labyrinth uh, we are assuming that is it is is this place occupied or is it forgotten? Is it long lost? Is it dangerous? Uh, let's let's change the trope slightly. So yeah, like like it, it's well known, I guess. Well known. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So everyone knows about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do people go there or do people avoid it? I think people try and go there. Like it's like a. I don't want to say this all feels very touristy. So I feel like it's like a tourist trap in a way. <laughs> okay. No, this is good. So there is a sort of mountain settlement labyrinth mm-hmm. that is a tourist trap. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's the first dungeon slash location that we've got in the, in the area. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. We need a second one. So give me something more dangerous. Is an area that people avoid. Why is it? Why do people avoid it? Uh, are there monsters there? Is there undead there? Are there bandits there? Or is there something even randomer you can think of? Oh, I'll tell you what, somewhere up in the mountains where the difference, yep. of, maybe where the, the two mountains or where we sort of come in, there is those packs of frostbiters, which we made in the monster thing. And they... they, they okay. Yeah. And so it's, right. it's more dangerous there to go out in the middle of the night around there. Wonderful. So there is a mountain pass. Mm-hmm that people can go to that people don't travel to in the night mm-hmm. because of the frostbiters. Yeah. Perfect. Right. That's, that's the second location. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a quest, you know, hook in itself. You could have mm-hmm. a, a traveling merchant needs to get from A to B, but it takes you through the pass and yeah. you need to be accompanied uh, yes. effectively. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Right. We need a third location now. So what is the most naturally interesting point in the local geography so we've got i mean as i say you're you're you don't need to have a continent that particularly makes sense in mm-hmm. terms of all of the features need to make perfect world sense mm-hmm. because i can guarantee you on earth there is like a 10 square mile area that has such different random features of features that, that it's going to make this seem normal because okay. people just don't realize how random the earth is so give me <laughs> something that's incredibly beautiful on a natural level oh, like gosh. what people want to go and see okay um one thing I've always wanted to go see is uh, the Giant's Causeway in Ireland, like the way. Okay. Yeah, but not but not in the sea. I guess maybe just somewhere like just randomly that there's all these rocks that are piled up, and no one knows how okay. it's been piled up. Yeah. Right. So a huge rock pile, and maybe the rocks are they they got that sort of hexagonal Giant's Causeway yeah. sort of look to them. Yeah. Okay. Great. Wonderful. So there's a natural wonder, a natural feature, with rock in beautiful formations. Um, and people want to go there. It is a place. Is it religious or is it touristy or is it magical? What, what do you think? Ooh, okay. Um, I, I think it's magical. Let's go magical. for magical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So there's magical sort of reason that people might want to go there. 
Could you now have a look at your piece of paper? We've built quite a complicated world yeah. from scratch. If people sort of went about you sort of looking at it and thinking, okay, we've got some some stuff in the town. Mm-hmm. We have a tavern. We've got stables. We've got a point of government. Um, we know what sort of shops are here. It's it's a market. It's an open air market. So maybe it's only open in the day. Mm-hmm. If people want quests, they've got um, a government they can go to. They've got taverns they can go to. Um, they've got places of interest. We now have three other places they can travel to. Mm-hmm. Mm. including three more locations so the last thing we need to do mm-hmm. is think about how do we put the characters in this world how are we going right. to make the first session so we've already said to start with that they're going to meet in mm. a tavern okay mm-hmm. um but why what are they doing there and how is the campaign starting so okay. we're assuming now that you're you're building something that maybe it's open-ended as to how long this is going to go down you know that in most level one adventures let's keep it to one session because yeah. people you don't know if people are going to like it you hope you're going to enjoy dming but you never mm-hmm. know you may not enjoy it so about three four hours they're going to be level two by the end of this so something for level ones why would four motley adventurers be summoned to a tavern? Do they know each other or do they not know each other? That's the first, That's the first um, thing, thing to decide. If they know each other and the players have more of an opportunity to build like a little gang or a story between them, mm-hmm. but they may need to do a little bit more talking with each other beforehand, or they may need to be sort of get involved in the world a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So the advantages of that is it, it gets people involved with each other's characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the alternative is that if they don't know each other, it gives people a lot more freedom to make whatever characters they want. Mm-hmm. The only problem is sometimes people come up with incredibly random ideas that you yeah. may find difficult to fit in. But again, that's no bad thing. It just means that you've got to think about changing your world a little bit. Okay. So what would you prefer? I think it's always better to know people uh, when they okay. start off. So I think, yeah, they know each other from something. Yeah. Okay, the characters know each other then. Okay, are they from this area or have they travelled to this area? Are they from random places or have they come? are they from this area? I'd say they're from different places. Different places. Okay, yeah. so they're from out of town. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because we know our town is really inviting and friendly, so yep. that's not a problem necessarily, but they don't know the local area yeah yeah advantages to that is that there's a lot of exploration and there's not you having to say oh well you would know this and you would know that but mm-hmm. the bad things of it is that obviously people have got to get invested and try and work out what's going on yeah yeah okay and we need a quest why are they here but were they summoned because they were looking for work mm-hmm. or did they actually have work have they actually been hired to do something so is this open-ended or is there a specific first session let's go for they were they were hired uh okay. for work they, they have a quest to go on so they just have to meet at the meeting point with the uh the contractor or, or whoever okay so let's have a think about the contractor so just we don't have to make anything up because you've already fleshed out this place enough mm-hmm. is it a merchant as in a farmer or some sort of doing you know farmer's market person or is it a christmas creator is it part of the local government or is it a tavern owner has summoned somebody uh, let's go for the Christmas creator for sure. <laughs> Christmas creator. So the first quest is that one of the merchants um, who has a quest for the party, what's the merchant called? That's one of the names we all need to flesh out. Right. We've got our list, so you can either we can make a name up or we can use the random list that you've you've got. Well, definitely Greybeard for sure. We're having some <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> male or female? Uh, vocal female. Female. Do you want to yeah. roll the D hundred? Yeah, always. 
This is how easy it is. You can just make things up on the fly. Uh, 66. 66. So Nora, N-O-R-A. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Nora Greybeard is yeah. the first quest giver. She is a Christmas creator of some kind. And why would she summon the level one characters it's, it's got to be a little local problem that she's got has she run out of materials is she in danger does she want to travel somewhere is she struggling to sell something mm. um what do you think she might need a, an, an issue with oh i like that what you just said the last thing that she's struggling to sell something like maybe okay. her, whatever it is is so out there as like the christmas gift or the wintertide gift of the year that she's struggling to sell it wonderful and why is she struggling to sell it is it because it's a very bad taste or is it because it's incredibly expensive and nobody is is wealthy enough to buy it or do you think she has some sort of popularity issue maybe people are um embargoing her business oh my god that's amazing uh yeah i'd, I'd say the latter like she's got rivals or she's yeah it's a popularity contest in this okay. market yeah so maybe the other merchants have got together mm-hmm. and they are stopping her from selling this thing oh no (laughs) so sad but there you go this is a world you've created now because you're like well why have the merchants done that what did she do Mm. is it that the merchants are evil and they're trying to form a monopoly or is the quest giver a really nasty person these are all things that you can think about and play you know with there you go you've created a world so i mean why don't you give us just a quick brief rundown of the little world you've created and 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 we can we can just bask in our own glory (laughs) so is it hold it on the hill it's like a christmas sort of card town everything is sort of uh, old-fashioned stone you've got snow sort of coming off all these sort of different roofs the local river to it it's always freezing over and you see like young dwarves ice skating across it time to time it's well known for its Christmas themed or wintertide themed markets, um, you know, lots of good food and lots of good drink and stuff like that. The characters are here uh, knowing each other, but they're here because they've been asked to come here by one Nora Greybeard to assist in her selling some new item or some new toy. Uh, But she's struggling because the other market owners uh, don't think too highly of her. Um, Yeah. We've got places as well. You've got some other towns and cities you can describe. Mm-hmm. As I say, so if I were a character and I was yeah. running around and in my first session, I'm, okay. I'm just going to throw a couple of random things at you. Okay. And just have a think. How would you how would you go about sort of fixing it? Okay. So my character says, oh, um, well, I've, I, I started with 25 gold. Um, I want to buy a couple of daggers and some torches. Where do I go? Uh, the Drovers. Uh, that's a sort of local family that sort of run the forge. And they'll have few, a few items here and there for, for daggers and small items. Brilliant. Very good. Very, very good. <laughs> if you're ever in doubt and you yeah. want to know what a town will, will offer you, yeah. um, draw a little gold threshold in your head, which is normally about a tenth of the population of the city or the town that you're in. So we said there was about 5,000 people here. So there's a 500 gold limit. Anything that's more than 500 gold is unlikely to be available here. Oh, okay. But we're also going to say that because it's a town, pretty much anything in the player's handbook is available. So weapons and armor, not plate armor though. That's that's more than that. So that's kind of where the limit is. Okay. And we're going to say that magic items, do you want them to be sort of available here or maybe common magic items or nothing at all? Uh, 
Uh, let's go for nothing at all. Like nothing I feel like, yeah, yeah, definitely. This is not a, a magical place in that sense. So yeah. maybe that's a quest hook. If people want to get that potion, they've got to travel. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And let's say my cleric, my level one cleric goes, oh, um, well, actually the book said that I follow Pelor, the god of the sun, and I really need to go and say my praise, you know, my prayers there in the morning. Where do I go to pray? Well, just a little way off into the distance, there is the... I'm sure we'll come up with a better name for it, but the Giant's Causeway, essentially, that's where the most magic in this sort of this little region is, and that's where you're most likely to get connected to God. I don't know. Perfect. No, no, brilliant, brilliant. And the religious hub's not in the town, it's yeah. up the road. That's a quest hook that involves your players leaving the town and going to explore. That is wonderful. And, okay, let's say the last thing I'll throw at you now is okay. players are traveling between towns mm-hmm. and they are sort of going about their business yeah. and you want there to be something on the road okay Okay. something happens Mm -hmm. on the journey um what would you do what would your your first impression be you need a little quest hook so again i quite like that escort mission so they have to help a someone get to the capital someone to get to gold throne Uh, but the the main route is through the mountain pass and they want to be there extra early maybe it's a, a meeting or something like that that they have to be at so they have to travel through the night and during the night they can choose whether to push on or to to camp but if they camp there's more likely to be attacked by the pack of frostbiters that's been sighted in the area that is absolutely perfect the other place that you can look as well if you need a little bit of help is appendix b in the dungeon master guide although there are again you can google this sort of stuff all the time Mm -hmm. it's on page 302 and it's got a lovely list of monsters Mm -hmm. per type of environment and then it sort of rates them by challenge rating for instance so we could say so maybe we're going through a mountainous area, uh, mountain monsters. We're going to say we want a couple of like eighth level challenges, bloodhawks, guards, kobolds, sturges, tribal warriors. You could take the tribal warrior stat and you could put it as, as a pack of outlaws or bandits that try and assault them or the frostbiters as you've got them um, attack. Yeah, mm. all kinds of sort of bits and pieces. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great little world. I'm looking forward to playing it. I might oh take you off on this. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was really easy. But to be fair, you were asking me lots of questions where I was like... Uh, so but yeah. the questions i'm asking all i was doing is i was literally going through chapters one and three mm. in the dungeon master's guide okay. and just little plot points that asks you about like the name the atmosphere the government style i'm just doing that and as i say it, it's easier if you just write little notes on each topic and don't worry about the detail too much okay. and just keep circling around because if you do something it'll probably give you an idea for something else and that'll probably flesh in a third thing which will flesh in the first thing you looked at it, these things quickly build okay great great <laughs> Well, I guess then we'll stop here for now. And then next time, as you said, we'll go through the bigger world and going small, which Perfect. equally scares me. <laughs> uh, brilliant. So Ryan, just before we go quickly, is there anything you'd like to plug? Anything uh, you found interesting in the last, I don't know, seven, two weeks since I last spoke to you? <laughs> oh, well, you know, life is interesting at the moment, isn't it? With lockdowns and US elections. But I think generally speaking, mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed getting back into reading, actually. So oh, yeah. it's it's been really good to, to get yeah. back and read some Robin Hobb, which I'm getting back ah. into, which is very good. Nice. Um, but if you want to come and say hello to me, I have a Discord called the Ursa Ryan 
Discord. You should come and say hello. You can find me on YouTube. I'm Ursa Ryan. And we've also got our old TBA Mondays, you know, YouTube channel. If you want to come and have a look at some of the old D&D we, we used to put up. Hey, come and, and pester us to resume it. And I'm sure maybe one day we'll start putting it back uh, up. When, fingers crossed. <laughs> when, when jobs change and everything. Exactly. Yeah. And um, well, my name is Fiona. I run the What Am I Rolling podcast. Uh, as always, it's going very, very well. Um, I got... Uh, I don't know if I ever told you, right? So someone contacted me to review the system and they said, we'd also like to send you some free books. And they sent me, I don't have them to hand typically, but I, I got two free graphic novels. Uh, I know. I feel like I've I've made it somehow. In the That's world. amazing. Oh my yeah. God, you're becoming well known in the world. This is great. Oh, it feels sick because as imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, oh, never mind. Look. <laughs> you can't even say it. It's that difficult to it's get so out. It's so difficult. Yeah. I can't. Okay. Right. Well, you go get some rest because you've got a world to make next session. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, we will talk to you guys then. Indeed. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>